SVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting market today as we look at these cattle. I mean, they obviously finished into the positive, except that we did see some mixed trade going on in the feeders. It was higher on the hog side of the fence. And if you look at the grains, which I always find the interesting correlation between them and the cattle market, uh, definitely saw some mixed numbers on the corn. It was lower on the beans. And once again, this wheat complex is on fire. Lots of things that we're going to look at today and the effects of what's been happening in in this market trade, Kyle Bumstead joins us. And Kyle, as we look at what is happening with the market trade today, sort of obviously with this cattle market, a lot of uh, different focuses, but a quiet trade for a Tuesday. Yeah, Susan, it was. First of all, thanks for having me back. But yeah, it was a, it was a very quiet trade here. We trade a little over a dollar range here in these April live cattle. That's our uh, cash, uh, you know, our cash month here now that uh, June has got all the open interest in the volume. So uh, in order to get this uh, April board here to sustain where it's at, we're going to have to have the cash market uh, kind of come to life here. Last week's, you know, 137 to 138. Maybe won't cut it here with the future, you know, $2.85 to $3 over the cash. So I do think that there's a possibility that cash could trade stronger here this week whether that's 139 or 140 remains to be seen we haven't heard any news yet as far as the cash side of things here there's been a little bit of trade in iowa at 220 on a dress basis but again that's really not one of those big areas we watch here for cash cattle trade so looking over here in the spreads it was uh it was nice to see the june gain on the august and the august peak got a little bit of a gain here on the october but this whole complex is still uh, bare spread. Once you get out past this April contract, we're just you know the the front month is the is the weak link, and the deferreds are carrying all the premium. And a lot of people think that's bullish. But in order to get this market to really turn around, you've got to get the cash market to start leading the futures. And we've been trading this way for months where, oh, we're building all this premium in the back. We're building all this premium in the back. And it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. But when we break down the fundamental side of things here, we've got some things going for us. We've got some things going against us, obviously, like any market does. You know, first of all, uh, you know, we had great beef exports here in the month of January, so not too concerned about the exports. We did have uh, rumblings and headlines of uh, China uh, canceling or rejecting or sending back some Brazilian beef due to some COVID found in their shipments. So that, that black swan is still out there over, our, uh, over the meat market. But then we've also got this problem in the live cattle sector of, it's been an awesome winter to feed cattle. And everybody that I've talked to, everybody I work with, all the feed yards that I've seen here the last couple of weeks, traveling around here, central, eastern Nebraska, western Iowa, southwest Minnesota, southeast South Dakota, they're full of cattle and there's some big cattle out there. So we've got some weight to work through and we've got a few numbers yet ahead of us that look like it's going to maybe uh, roll around here this late April, early May in June timeframe as far as the headcount. So let's go back to this cash cattle because we're sitting obviously in on a Tuesday. Uh, cash lately has been waiting till Thursday, Friday. Is that trend going to continue, you think, this week? Well, I think it is. I think it's a game of, of who's going who's gonna to make the first move here. Um, is the feed yard going to take the first bid, or is the packer going to offer a little bit more, or is the packer going to try to work the bid down? We're just kind of sitting here playing with the futures here just a little bit. You know, who's going to make the first move? We've kind of got a standoff going off here between feed yards and packers. All right, let's look at the the box beef side of the trade since we're on, we're on the feeder side. Uh box beef prices kind of were mixed for today. That's right. And we have started to see here in the evenings uh, you know, box beef 
it was a little bit firmer here last night. That 250 on the choice, that was the old resistance. We kind of had to break through there as, as far as the choice box, and we're above that, and I think that could be the new support. I wouldn't like to see us really trade down uh, trade down below 250 on the box because that could uh, push a little bit lower. But there's a lot of outside market influences that are driving this box beef market, and I've always been one that likes to use box beef as an economic indicator. And we have an economy right now, the Fed's meeting. We know there's going to be rate hikes. How much can the American consumer spend on beef? That is the question that I have. You know, we're, we're going day to day here from a robust economy and everything's great. And then the next day we're walking on eggshells. And we're about ready to crater the, the, the Dow Jones. And everybody's worried that the end of the world's coming here as far as an economic disaster, which kind of feels like it's brewing on the horizon. It's, it's, it's been out there for a long time. So box beef here, I do think that we have put in a low here if we don't see any economic issues out here, Susan. Now, looking at the, you did talk about the export side of it. I mean, we've got the domestic issues that we're dealing with here, but exports, the the flavor is still there, shall we say, for, for these beef and even pork alike. Um, folks want these proteins. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, it got down to levels that were cheap enough here. You know, we could move some of it out here. I'm pretty sure here uh, last week I have it on uh, uh, from a very reliable and very good source that there was a large uh, chain, uh, a box chain store that cleaned out a lot of the trims and grinds. And that's when we saw, you know, choice down huge and, and selects were down uh, pretty significant that evening. And after after we'd seen that flush out in the box market, we had sort of leveled off here. We stopped our rapid descent in the price of boxes, and we started kind of slowly working higher. We haven't made, made any leaps and bounds to the upside yet on the box, but I do feel that we have put in that uh, in that low here in the in the boxes. So you look at that too, and as I referred to earlier, that uh, we had a great winter for feeding cattle. Cattle are really putting it on here, and uh, you know they they've stayed in really good health and condition. Well, as the uh, daylight savings time has now come and, and gone, we're dealing with that. When people get home and the weather warms up, they may want to fire up the grill if we can get something bought economically that fits within our household budgets. Well, it should be a good thing. Um, we're ready for the grilling season and, and more movement domestically across that meat counter. That is correct. That is correct. And then there's always the black swans out there. I mean, there's uh, talk of, uh, you know, we talk about the export market. There is headlines out there that China is doing some lockdowns again because of the virus. So that's going to maybe come back into play here. I hope it doesn't. But uh, as people get outdoors, I'm hoping that this virus thing kind of subsides. And as we move further into, uh, you know, different political atmosphere, things may subside on that. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here in just a moment with the second half. We're going to talk about this mid-month rally that's happening. And, and before we started the program, Kyle brought up an interesting description. And once we talk about it, I think it's going to make folks go, hmm, I wonder if we're going to see a repeat. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendiflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendiflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle is with Allendale. And, and I was talking about this uh, kind of web and flow, shall we say, that we've seen within this cattle market. Uh, mid-month rallies kind of seem to be the norm as of late. 
having said that, are we getting ready for the downside of, of this roller coaster before it tries to pick back up again? Well, that's a very good that's a very good question, Susan. Um, I was looking at some charts here today, and and I'm sitting here on the 15th of March, the uh, the Ides of March here. And when I look at things here since the uh, since the first of the year, we started off the year on on a decent note here in this June contract. We uh, uh, closed that day at 138.75, and then we kind of sold off going into the middle of the month. And then at the middle of the month, there around the 10th or 11th, be about the second week of January, we rallied going into the middle to, to the latter third of of uh, January. Then we sold off pretty hard going into that last week of January only to pick back up here right around the 1st of February and start rallying until the middle of February. And then we traded sideways for a little bit. And then once we uh, passed the 15th, 16th and 17th of February, we were just straight down into the 1st of March, March 4th is when we had that big spike down day. Um, and then we kind of traded inside there the next day. And then we come back here the next week and we took out that previous Friday's high. We filled a, a gap there on the chart. Uh, some will call it a gap. I, I call it a gap. Um, but then we kind of sold off here again, and now we're making a rally into the middle of the month. So we're kind of at a crossroads here in this June contract. We did uh, settle off near highs of the day. That looks good. But we do have some overhead resistance. We did find and break above the 200-day moving average support for those that watch moving averages. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, but then you go out here and you look, we still got some pretty sizable moving averages above us. We got the 20 day coming in here at 137.40. And then we've also got the 50 day moving average coming in here at 138.14. So we do have an, another chart objective up here. If it wants to get crazy and we start to see some non commercials come in here and start to prop this market up, if we can get the fundamental side, the cash market to start uh, kind of pushing higher here, we could see us work back up to that 141 area in the June contract. It may be a stretch on the June contract, but I think you could see the April's try to test that 143 to 145 cash should things work out and, and everything aligns right. All right, let's talk about the, the grain side of this complex because I was reading earlier and, and one commodity person called it a knee-jerk reaction between grains and the feeder cattle complex continuing and that seems just being the mode of operation lately between these two. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to attribute that to computer trading. Um, knee-jerk reaction, I don't know if it's that, but when you look at the feeder cattle market, what we've been having issues here is with, with the fundamental issues that feeder cattle have on their own. We've had plenty of feeders coming to town, and so we've got a lot of full yards. A lot of yards you call around, they're, they're full up. A lot of grow yards are full. And so that's part of the reason that uh, some of these feed yards are, you know, smashing the bid and getting rid of them because they've got to get something else in there. If we're not making money on this one, let's get it out of there and try to get something else in there. But the corn market, yes, it has recently had that, uh, you know, to the naked eye. You could see overnight here if corn was higher than feeder cattle, we're going to start off lower. And, you know, lo and behold, the last couple of nights here, corn has been lower finishing up the overnight session. And uh, we started feeders off on a higher note. Now, we did have a nice, uh, a, a nice day here in the corn market. This May corn is going to have uh, have resistance here up against yesterday's high. That's going to be you know that's going to be up there at that seven sixty seven and a half. But what I want to point out is the long term friendliness of this corn and soybean market. You have a lot of inversions going out there. You've got May corn trading thirty five cents over July, and you've got December corn of twenty twenty two trading six and a half cents over July of twenty twenty three. Albeit. Since the, about the 25th of February, we've seen lighter volume out there in a lot of these complexes. Today was horribly poor volume. 
But there is some commercial business going on out there. That's where you see these moving in the spreads. The commercials are starting to get some things, you know, covered. When we dropped down there to that 740 mark here in May corn, we started running out of sell orders, and that's when we started picking up the buy orders. And when you see this kind of choppiness like this in this grain market, you just basically run out of buy orders and run out of sell orders until you get to the extreme ends of the ranges. That's where you find your support and resistance. So we chewed through enough sell orders here the last couple of days. The market said, okay, that's enough. The commercial said, okay, we've had to source some bushels. We've got to source some bushels here. I think that a lot of the commercials and talking to some feed yards are okay here for the next week to 10 days as far as what they've got in the bins and on site. But once you get past that 1st of April, we start hitting the corn planters. What's coming in there for corn? That's the question. You know, what what are they going to have to try to do here to get some corn coming in here while everybody's heading for the corn planter? So you look over here at the soybean side of things, and I'm not a fan of USDA reports, as everybody knows. I'm a fan of watching the spreads and what the market's really telling me, not what the government's telling me. And you look at the soybean market, I'm a little bit nervous about the old crop soybean situation simply because we don't have the beans. And you can plug in all the fake USDA numbers you want, but when you look at things like using national cash basis indexes, and the actual national cash price index, you can come up with a stocks-to-use ratio that's very, very tight, almost zero on these soybeans. So we could see some old crop cancellations and get that kicked out the new crop. Kyle, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. Kyle Bumps has been joining us today. As always, folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and aren't suitable to all investors. That's been the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.